I am Planta on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. This uh, Wednesday, the 15th of December, Dance House and 149 Art Society will be presenting next, New Dance in Development. It will be presented virtually, and tickets are free and uh, can be viewed across Canada. It will be at 4 p.m. here in Vancouver, 7 p.m. Eastern, etc. It will be a 75-minute program and will feature emerging creatives, including Ralph Escamillian, who joins me now. I'll ask Ralph about what to expect Wednesday, as well as what is uh, happening with works in the spring and fall of 2022 and beyond. Next is made possible with support from uh, the National Arts Centre and Canadian Heritage. The other artists on the program include All Bodies Dance Project, Cheyenne Sky Carter and Zahara Shahab. Visit dancehouse.ca on how to reserve free tickets and for more information. I'll also ask Ralph about dance and his work thus far. He is a queer Canadian Philippinex performance artist, choreographer, and teacher. He has worked and toured for Vancouver Company's Company 605, Company Araska Dance, Kinesis Dance, Some Theatro, Out Inner Space Theatre, and Apprentice with Kid Pivot. He is on contract with When Why Dance, Mescal Dance, and was recently a guest dancer with Ballet BC. Visit ralphescamillian.com for more information. We recorded this two weeks ago. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Ralph Escamillian. Mr. Escamillian, good morning. Morning. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you. Did you grow up in Vancouver? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, after the age of five, uh, I was actually born in Brampton, Ontario. I see. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, even uh, uh, up to five years old, were you were you dancing already? No, actually, uh, I did start dancing maybe later, maybe uh, 13, 14. I see. Um, but I was I was definitely a crafty, art, arty person, so I loved drawing and painting and creating things out of objects. So. Yeah. Um, how, how did you find um, getting into the dance community here in Vancouver? Did you find it was uh, a supportive uh, uh, community to get into, say? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I got into it mainly from a cousin of mine who lives in California, and they introduced me to, like, online dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, not, it wasn't until I moved back to Vancouver, I, I came back after the summer to Vancouver, um, I started doing breakdance classes at Harbor with uh-huh. Eric Heisen, and I think learning about breakdancing and street dance as, like, a first dance style really helped feel like feeling of community, because mm-hmm. there's such a strong street dance community in Vancouver. Um, but yeah, as I, as I kept expanding the styles of dance I pursued, I, I did feel a lot of like support and care. Um, and I think that also came from my own interest and my rigor maybe, because I think when, when you see students now as a teacher, um, finding the students that are really interested in, in continually pushing their rigor, I think is really exciting. So, uh, I think that helped, but also... <laughs> I was the youngest at the time, like uh-huh. when I was, uh, I was the youngest in many rooms, uh, just because unless you're doing uh, a studio program or some sort of institution program, they didn't really have drop-in classes for 14-year-olds. Right, <laughs> so, yeah. so I was maybe I, I definitely stood out at the time. <laughs> well, what's remarkable about um, your work and your career thus far is even at a at a, a younger age, if you will. Um, You've always been known as someone who uh, works to build community and and offer opportunities to other people. Um, that's important to you as an artist, isn't it? Yeah, I think if the importance of it comes from 
coming from many different sides of the dance world now mm-hmm. and seeing like such a discrepancy in like how, how just how resources are like distributed and how I can't not connect it to, you know, privilege and opportunity that, you know, maybe someone like me, mm-hmm. like the Philippine ex diasporic person, maybe wouldn't have access to if I didn't have, you know, really wealthy family. So mm-hmm. I, I came from a very humble beginning, like, and continue being humble and beginning mm-hmm. um, um, with a single parent mom that really couldn't afford to pay for dance classes. So from even when I started at 14, I had to pay for my own. And I think that kind of work ethic, I think, helped me build this uh, awareness of like what a privilege it is to like train and spend your life and hopefully future of my life in making work. And I want to give opportunity for others to build that and build their own also, just building new leaders in the community mm. that help have supported me in my upbringing, and I think uh, there's a lot of value in that. I think, especially the times that we're in right now. So, December fifteenth, um, what will people see on this online stream? Um, at least I can speak for myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I was just talking to a friend about this, but I think because I work quite visually, I can explain visually what will mm-hmm. happen when it comes to the physicalities. I think that's something less. Uh, exploration with when I'm with the dancers later but um, my work I'm really interested in this relationship to light um, so um, and its proximity to like the body so we're going to be playing with light play really close to the body and with that also how do you protect your eyes and your face so um, all the dancers I'm working with before will have these like uh, designed uh, headgear sort of with uh-huh. these sunglasses embedded yeah that I'm working with uh, uh, Joe Robin Lexamana uh, to help build them with me. Yeah. And I'll be working with four dancers uh, to create uh, a hyper unison kind of choreographed structure um, that is, uh, to me, is an extension of my interest of kind of re- remembering the love that I have for, you know, like commercial dancing, uh, the importance of unison, <laughs> the power of dancing on a beat. Um, that I think is from my street dance background and putting it in a theatrical context uh, through also a lived experience of being in those communities. It's a very odd experience for me to be asking you about a visual mm-hmm. representation on, on the radio, as it were. Yeah, but but yeah, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's terribly exciting to hear um, because, you know, the, the, I'm sure this is the same for people listening to us, um, the, sort of the images that come to, to mind as you're describing what, we'll see on the 15th of December. Uh, when, you're, when you're putting a piece like this together, um, uh, the, the collaboration, that, that's certainly a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah, I think collaboration is how we all continue to be together as people, I think. I don't know. Um, it's really important for me to know my place in the creative, in my creative process and that like, I can't, even though I'm learning how to sew, I can't, I can't build my costumes yet. I can't, and I don't think I will ever be able to replicate the amount of time Jill has spent mm-hmm. to to train or doing lighting with Jonathan Kim. Like, I, and I just, but I, what I do know is like visually what I'm interested in and how working and collaborating with these artists we can kind of challenge each other because, of, fortunately, my lack of experience I think also pushes uh, a possibility that couldn't be seen by someone who is maybe trained in that expertise and vice versa i'm also challenged by the collaborations i have because i might come in with an idea of what i'm interested in but when it comes to 
experiencing it in real time and with with a human with an actual body mm-hmm. in the space it, it really shifts and i think that's kind of always what i'm striving for is this consistent dialogue throughout the whole process and that like many other dances that exist in the world that dance shifts and changes and and is a uh, i don't know is in response to what is happening in the moment mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. And and so, um, what what have the last few months been like? The last year, uh, two years or now, well, we're coming up to two years with COVID. Yeah. Uh, what, what what has that been like for for you as an artist, as a performer? Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's like I, I always joke about like when we'll have the conversation post pandemic. But um, I think for me, the resiliency that I noticed in my career was, I think. And the work that I've been doing was heavily informed by also being a street dancer and having that history of, like, not ever having resources, not having a space or, like, a sound system. You know, like, these, like, quite privileged space things, right? And I think because of that experience, I was really, it was really easy for me to, like, work on my own and, and find room and find floors and find a speaker, you know, to work off of and to continue my practice. Um, I think for me too, as also because I come from such a diverse background, cause, like I've been thinking a lot about my history, like and what's already embedded in me. So mm. instead of I did a few online classes, but I really I kind of like looked back and tried to remember what I what my body knew uh, in order to like find this like usefulness and this joy that I had when I was learning to dance yeah. when I was younger yeah. uh, to continue, you know, this like rigor. Uh, and I think this is also why the extension of that research and that time I had with myself has put me in this position of my interest now. Um, I've been really, honestly, I'll say I've been really fortunate to be employed by some really cool people during my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with my, luckily my own work, um, I've been able to be supported through like funding to like continue creating my piece that I just premiered my new piece, uh, Whip in Montreal mm-hmm. uh, in November. Um, so I had, had, I had a lot of things juggling, but also with my nonprofit, my other nonprofit, Van Vogue Jam, um, we stopped, we kept programming, we kept teaching every Tuesday night through Zoom. And, um, what I noticed the most for me is also how connected we really are and mm-hmm. how this time kind of like, you know, in a way jump started this need to, uh, digitalize mm-hmm. and, uh, connect and, uh, it also reminded me how many people out there that are also my kin, you know, that, that, that I am able to connect to just through a little bit of a, just through a message on a DM, yeah. on an Instagram message or a Facebook message that uh, I can find connection. So it was interesting. I, I think as when some people have said they felt alone, I feel like a lot of my time has been supported with uh, a lot of like newness actually mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I, a building of relationships. Yeah, yeah, that's a the, the, that's a something that people overlook because I think we we like to think about the bad parts because it's been a pretty bad time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We like mm-hmm. to think about mm-hmm. the worst things, but there there have been um, quite rewarding um, mm-hmm. things uh, that have come out of all of this. But but um, mm-hmm. performing in front of a, a, a live audience, have you missed that? Um, I think I'm always performing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're always performing. The choice of performance is, uh, I think, 
I don't think it's ever a choice. I think they're always there, especially, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, when I did when I did perform recently in Montreal and also when I was in Ottawa and St. John's, it, I, you forget the impact you have as a as, with live performance. Yeah. You can really do in real time and the power of the body. And um, I got emotional, actually, I think, the first, before we went on tour. Uh, I did a showing at the Libby Leisure Gold as part of a residency I was doing, and we just had open showing, and I think they like they just broke down crying, seeing all the people that I love and care for come to watch, and um, it's a uh, it, it, it gives me hope that it also I mean this in reminds you the power that we have as people in a physicalized world, you know, and yeah. um, it's really exciting. It it, it it, it gives me hope, you know, that there's that bodies and people are still important to the, the landscape of of our society, and yeah, that yeah. Um, especially at a time where we have been so digitalized, like it's like finding that in between where you can still be real, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, dance is your career, obviously. It's your work. Um, mm-hmm. Are are there parts of, of of dance that you don't find enjoyable? Say. Oh, I mean, dance is a very broad term. Um, so I guess I'm going to just, I, I, I'll speak for maybe more of the theatrical perspective of it, uh-huh. and I guess more specifically to like maybe like a theater representation of dance. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I would say like I'm really, at least with my own work, I, I'm really trying to find up like what are the ways we can show dance in a theatrical context? Um, because dance is everywhere. And I mean, I can go to a battle, I can go to a competition, I can go to Robson Square, I can go on the sidewalk and see dance. But like, why, why, why are we still doing dance in the theater? You know, why, mm. what's the value of the theater and those four walls, you know? What's the power of it? Um, so that's something I'm really interested in kind of investigating as I continue working in theatrical spaces um, and learn more and finding its importance in my own work, yeah. especially because my, my choreographically I've been really interested in bringing the context of the street dance round the circle in the way I show my work. So all the work I've done in the past little bit i've only done two full things but have been it's important for me to present it in the round uh Mm. as a way to kind of echo that history of mine but also bring in this like connectivity you can't have when you perform a work in proscenium yeah yeah. um but that being said i think there's also the the mat the mirror the the smoke and mirrors of the theater is really exciting and but I, i think i think we have there's a challenge for us now if we want to build new audiences um, that have maybe not the best relationship to a theater or can't afford a ticket. And um, how do we, how do we break those boundaries? And yeah. yeah. Or don't want to sit in a theater with a bunch of people at this time. Right. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah, I was just in Toronto doing, I, I walked, I competed at this Vogue ball that was under the, one of the, the underpasses, like, mm-hmm. in, like West, in like West Toronto or something, and there's so many people in this huge space. But since we were outside, it it felt safe, it felt cared for, and I think I really think there's an opportunity, especially during after this time, to 
to look into like what is public performance and also like also support the artists like the street dance yeah. communities that already are doing that that already have places like Robson Square yeah and like why don't we invest more time in those spaces and uh, create more opportunities for those uh, hubs of dance outside of a confined like four walled buildings you know. Yeah, it's a marvelous way to think about where we go forward in terms of public space, especially. Um, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned Robson Square, and I'm, I'm, I'm delighted you brought this up because uh, as I was researching, uh, preparing for our chat today, I, I went on YouTube and uh, found mm-hmm. clips of you. And there's a marvelous clip of you uh, dancing with someone. Um, Jive? At, yeah, at, jive. at, at yeah. Robson Square. Yeah. And, and what, yeah, what yeah. you mentioned performing in a round because the people are sitting all around you. Yeah, um, yeah. you're, you're not obviously just thinking about, um, how you look in front of you. You're, 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 you're thinking about, um, what's behind you as well so that everybody can totally. have a look. Yeah. Um, totally. the thing that I was wondering as I was watching this, this is a silly question on my part. <laughs> um, what are you thinking? What goes on in your head? Are you, are you counting beats or, or, um, mm. do you hear the audience? I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, I'm doing everything. I'm doing all the above. I think, I mean, we rehearse and learn, at least for that routine, that was very specific to the music. We were doing Candyman by uh, Christina Aguilera. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know, I think I'm at a place with my dancing where, like, choreography to me is just another version of improvisational structure. So that, like, even though, yeah, you have this count on this thing, like, you still are responsive to what's happening around you. Mm. And also, especially that video, I can remember it vividly, um, <laughs> There were some sections where, like, I think we were off or something happened. And I think that's also the beauty of dance is that, like, there is this, like, like, real, like, realness or this, like, this, like, like, problem solving, this, like, real time problem solving that has to happen when things go awry or, or you hear a sound and, uh, you respond to it. Um, or you see some of your friend and say hi to them as you're dancing. <laughs> um, it's this constant juggling. And I yeah. think, uh, I mean, I guess that's a fair long-winded way of saying that's how I, that's what I'm thinking about is all of it. Because um, I think at the same time, when you think of everything, you're also, for me, there's a presentness about it because you're engaging to what's happening in front of you. Yeah, people ask me when I'm interviewing people what I'm doing, and I'm, I'm obviously listening, and I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to ask next. Um, mm-hmm. Someone asked me, are you thinking about what you're going to do an hour from now or, or your grocery list or something like mm-hmm. that? And I find that very hard to think about as I'm listening to someone talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always wondered with performers, are they <laughs> are they thinking about what they're going to do for dinner? Um, uh, how are they going to get home or something like that, you know? I think it happens. I think, I think, especially if you're doing a, a longer performance of like an hour or something, mm. you'll have breaks in between. And um, especially if you're doing something maybe more repetitively for a longer duration of like a run of a show, if you're touring, it's like, okay, I know this section I can do here and I can think about what I'm doing for tomorrow in this section. Then oh, I have to focus here though. And you find your pacing, right? Mm. Uh, and your mental. And I think it's also fine to go in and out because I think we're human. <laughs> we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're people. We're not robots. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the beauty and it's exciting and I think people make dances out of that kind of stream of consciousness too so there's a value in it too if you if you really are able to hone in on it you, you uh, did an interview this past May with uh, Carlito Pablo uh, in the Georgia yeah. Strait about uh, piña um, yeah. it's, a, it's a textile um, uh, and I understand that uh, r- with relation to that uh, textile you're uh, developing a piece is that right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when can we expect that? Um, I'm, we're hoping to, to have it ready by the either late spring or early summer of 2023. I see. Um, it might be closer to the fall, depending on how programming goes. Uh-huh. Um, as we have a few people interested, but of course it's always uh, a little bit of a, <laughs> a, a bidding game in some way of like who will take a premiere yeah. uh, of a project this quite big. Um, I'll say just because of the amount of time we've put into it, we took this whole time this year to do a few Philippine folk dance classes with uh, Peter Alcado in the Philippines to resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and also did a whole talk series, a five a five part talk series uh, with some notable people from the Philippines, like costume, textile, fashion, uh, dance kind of community to kind of give more depth to the things I'm interested in the work. Um, yeah, I just did a research in Toronto with, with uh, Dana Rosales in Toronto Dance Theater. Mm-hmm. Did a residency, and um, it was really exciting to kind of we finally used the costume that I designed and we're able to have a draft of it and explore it. Uh, but yeah, we're, we have Kim Mordo making music, um, mm. an amazing uh, artist and musician in the city, yeah. um, lighting designer by uh, Gabe uh, Raminos. Uh, like the whole team is of the Philippine diaspora. So I think once we have our first residency at the dance center um, later in March, April of this coming year, I think that will be the first time where we actually all come together. Uh, we have a dancer from the Philippines as well coming in, so it's going to be a really exciting. And hopefully by that point, we'll have the fabric uh, ready to, to see and test. Yeah. Um, the Weaver actually just messaged me the other day that they sent me a few swatches of some samples of what the piña will look like uh-huh. uh, because they're making it for us specifically. Um, and also, I encourage that the Weavers are also weaving what they want. So mm. some of the visual tapestry that's being made will be uh, informed by what the specific weaver is interested in as they work with a large community of weavers in that clan. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I hopefully, there's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Uh, next week there's a thing at the Rosario Flamenco, mm-hmm. number four, where I'm, uh, I've been asked to make a piece using or inspired by flamenco. So I'm delving into the Menton de Manila, which has a very long history with, of course, it being called a Manila scarf, um, mm-hmm. with Spanish colonization and the Philippine, like, dress. So I'm kind of looking into that. And I'm actually premiering a new show, fall of 2022, uh, in Revelstoke with a new media artist, Milton Lim, called Blue Screen. We're going to do live chroma key mm-hmm. uh, uh, on stage. And uh, I believe I'm also doing something in... June, July, I am, yeah, with, uh, or May, May June, uh, for the EDAM, for EDAM, uh, as part of, uh, one of the three choreographers for their choreographic, uh, commissioning series this coming year as well. So, lots yeah. to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> bet, and I'll let you go in just a sec, but I, I, you mentioned the chroma key thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw a, another video of you online, um, where, um, I don't know how to describe it. You're in a forest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you, you you apply a substance on you, and then I guess it projects whatever the the street image is on yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I found it yeah. incredibly powerful. Um, yeah. Thinking about you know the, ourselves and our relationship to public spaces or, or, or mm-hmm. the outside even. 
Um, there's a lot of exciting things, and, and Pino, obviously, as, as, as someone who has Filipino parents, um, is something mm-hmm. that I'm excited to, to know more about and, and see. Um, but by the way, when, uh, Ralph, when um, uh, people ask you about dance, especially young people who, who might um, want to have the sort of career that you have had, what do you tell them? Like, what, 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 they must ask you, like, what do I have to do? Um, do, do you have advice for, for, for young people in, in that regard? Uh, oh, there's a lot. I mean, I didn't come from, like, a balletic history of dance. Like, I didn't do studio. I didn't do pirouettes when I was, like, 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. So um, I came from a very, like, a very different trajectory of dance in some way uh, to get to where I am at, I think. But what I would say to someone that is young is to just, like, I always joke, it's like Nike, like, just do it. Mm. Like, you just have to just do, just go. And what people told me when I was growing up because of my and my interest of learning more is to, to, to find a way to continue that, like, the interest, like, the... the feel that newness so and not be afraid to like keep changing and learning new things until you find the things that stick to you uh i, I did a lot of different dance styles before i found the forms that i really appreciate and i think are vital for me and at the same time though that being said i'm i'm learning flamenco the past mm. few weeks you know um so I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to challenge but i would say just go take a class <laughs> and like and geek out and like like search every video on YouTube, go on Google, and because I feel at a time now, especially the generation younger than me now, mm-hmm. um, there's so much interest in like online things, but not really delving deeper or like searching further mm-hmm. or you know going to the next page in the search engine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also say like learn from a person in real time, and if you can, or connect to someone that really knows what, I mean, that at the moment, that knows that you that think that they know um, their history. And um, I think it's a really important for me as being a mentor now and a leader, like how do I push forward and, and give opportunity for the people that are, are, are to come up, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, just do it. Just bleeping do it. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. I, I um, uh, have enjoyed our chat and, and enjoyed following your, your work over the uh, over the last little while. Um, I, I guess I don't say break a leg to a dancer, do I? You can say whatever you want. You can say, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like gambate, like I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, all the uh, best, and I, I so appreciate your time today. Thanks for this. Thank you, Joseph, and hopefully see you in real life soon. <laughs> The website for uh, next new dance and development uh, this Wednesday, the 15th of December, is at dancehouse.ca. Ralph's own website is at ralphescamillian.com. Ralph Escamillian, join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planta.